Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. We should really have a song intro to our podcast. We're not doing another song. We don't want to do another song? No. I'll just say it then. Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. Owner of Mazda of Columbia, Greg Hood. Raise your hand. There's Greg. And the only other one that has not raised their hand yet, Rob Sanders, Fox Sports Radio 1400. On your AM dial, AM Rob dial. Sanders, not Andy. I ironed my shirt for this podcast today. <laughs> we can't tell. Well, your seat, Shut up. Your seatbelt kind of wrinkled the side there. Yeah, it did a little bit. You know how bachelors... Have, have the military crease thing going on. You know on. how people without wives iron their shirt? Not saying that... You see, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. That's sexist. For people who live alone that have wrinkled shirts, turn the shower on full hot, close the bathroom door, let it steam, and it'll steam right on your body. You're wasting water and energy. Who cares? You get a you get a nicely pressed shirt without having to own an iron. I don't, don't have an just, iron. Why don't you just get a steamer? Mm. Too expensive. It's and not I use the, I use the landlord's water and and hot water, so I don't care. My shirt's not wrinkled. It's just I'm chunky. I'm trying to lose weight. We'll get there. Yeah, you will. All right, we won't get into weight. All right, what you got, Rob? All right, so leading off today, sir, is that, and uh, I sent this, and, you know, you told me last week that uh, you have great stuff up at Mazda of Columbia, but you're having trouble getting cars right now, and a lot of that has to do with uh, some of the stuff that's going on with uh, with COVID-19 over in China. But are we getting to a point now where we're going to get back to, you're going to have a hard time getting new cars on the lot? Well, I'm in trouble in a, uh, another couple of weeks. Right now, I'm okay. I've got a reasonable, well, I, actually, at this moment, I have a low selection. I've got about another 16 cars coming in uh, between now and the end of the month, and we'll sell through them. But based upon allocations that I've got over the last couple of months, uh, the month of May and maybe part of June, I may not even have a new car on the ground. And that is frightening. Well, but let me let me ask you this. You may not have any on the lot, but if I come to you and I say, you know, Greg, I want a, a Mazda Miata, and I'm willing to place an order for it, can we get it down the line? Yeah, you I, still- I could do an order, and because the timing of it now is probably right. <clears throat> so what I was going to try and tell you, there's a gap. Okay. And the gap had to do with what we talked about in the last podcast, and that's where things over in China were shutting down. And Shanghai, as a matter of fact, is still shut down uh, over there, but it's creating that that gap. Remember, we talked about the nine-day Right. Well, you can about double or triple that by the time it gets to us. It's the ripple, trickle, trickle down effect. Is what I was trying to say. What was the? Is that we just down, down, trickling down, down? There we go. I I, it, I, I make pictures. So oh, well, I, no, I thought you were pointing at Andy. Like the hell no, like, I I make down. pictures because I'm trying to reason in my head. And I'm like, if I have a picture here where I drew that it's going down, then I know that it's so. Going down. So two things have happened though. My sales are up. So with my sales being up and <laughs> us having. Last month was a record month for us, um, and then this month we're tracking to do even better. The challenge is I will actually run out of cars, so I wasn't keeping pace with allocation, and now I'm completely cleaning myself out by selling them at the rate that I'm selling them. So it's a problem. All right. Well, but the uh, the let, let's let's give you this question: If you can't get new cars, then someone's going to say, "Well, well, Greg, why don't you just buy used cars, and then you can fill fill your lot with that until we can get." A new allotment of new cars. Well, I can, but the and I do, and I am. I mean, I think in the last three days, I bought ten or eleven, um, and then a couple purchases off the street. But I'm paying more for that used car than I generally would when you take them in trade. And the reason why is I'm not paying more for the car, but I've got a auction fee and I've got transportation that go along with it. And the other thing is, 
I don't see the car. I see it in pictures and I hear it run and all that stuff in the fancy uh, auction. But when they get to you, there's always something in reconditioning that needs to be done that that uh, center console has some nick out of it. So you have to replace it or whatever, make the car look the way it's supposed to. So there's additional expense in that. So that we get squeezed in our ability to make profit on a per vehicle basis um, by those cars. The second thing that happens when I don't have new cars, we run about 80% trade at our dealership. So not all of them are keepers, probably 50 to 60% we will keep. The rest of them will run through the auction because they're not something we want to put up front. Cars either tired or has some kind of a problem with it. But in doing that, so my trade acquisition is what my used car lot is usually filled with. And and I kind of augment it with uh, purchasing a few cars here and there to, when I start seeing it thinning out. Now I'm buying pretty heavy because I know what's coming in May and June, I'm going to have more used cars than I've ever had, but I won't have trade acquisition. So I, the car is only worth what it's worth. I'm only going to be able to sell it for what somebody's willing to pay for it. So just because I pay too much doesn't mean they're going to pay too much. They may pay a little too much because everybody's paying a little too much for a used car, but a car only has a certain value. So with that, my profits then get squeezed. It, it's a kind of a vicious circle. Um, and then when we don't have new cars to sell, there's a lot of things that are generated from that. Uh, every time I sell a new car, the factory uh, participates in co-op for my advertising. So when I spend money here at your radio stations, part of that is subvented by the manufacturer based upon the amount of cars I sold. Now I don't have any, I don't sell any, all of a sudden I don't have that number. And let's say it's $20,000 a month that I get because I've sold you know, 45, 50 new cars or whatever. And, and now that money has evaporated. That's $20,000. I got to still keep advertising. I still got to keep marketing my business. So that's gone. And there's just a lot of things that uh, kind of tie all into it. And then down the road, it's units in operation. It's feeding my service and parts department. Um, there, I'll have a gap. That, so there'll be less cars on the road uh, of my brand because I'm having that, that issue. All right, well, let me let me ask you this, and I don't mean to cut you off. Here, no, you're good, but you did a great job of it. I, you did, man. I, Just I slid, the stop sign was right there. Shut I the hell slid, up, Woods. I slid right in there like I was uh, sliding the home plate. But like a snake. You mentioned that uh, when you get a car, there's generally something. Uh, there may be something wrong with it. And you may have to fix this or that, so that you can get it to the level where it, it meets what your brand has as far as hitting the road. What's the turnaround on that? If you bought like I don't know, fifty cars from some some auction or dealer or whatever, uh, what's the turnaround on getting those set up where they can actually get back into your lot and they're ready to go? Well, the first thing I would never do is buy 50 cars in one day. <clears throat> I use 50 as an example. Well, I know, but I'm, I'm go five. I'll go five, but I'll give <laughs> you the 50 reason first because sure. they all get old at the same time and we're on a turn. So I have 60 days uh, in our dealership to get off the car. I really have 90, but at 60 days, we write them down because the value is generally less. And so we that there is another loss that can be incurred if I have too many used cars. Now, if I buy five, um, our goal in our service department is a turnaround of 72 hours. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we some cars take longer. Now, the second issue, uh, we're having a tough time getting parts. And so um, I have a Nissan pickup down there that's perfectly fine, but it needed some weird part. I can't remember what it was. It was maybe a trim piece. What year? Because I drove a Nissan pickup for a while. It was a great little car. It wasn't that year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the, we're, we've been waiting for a part on it. It just came in, but it took two weeks. We had, I had a CX-9 that had some um, 
transportation damage on it. And I'm three weeks in my, the bumper skin, it's just the skin. It didn't do anything else to the car, um, is going to be here on the 27th. So, I mean, I've got a car that's down sitting with damage on the back of it due to transportation. It's only, I don't know, 900 bucks worth of damage. And we disclose that to the customer. Hey, it's got a new bumper scan on. It's no big deal. But, um, you know, we're, we're having that supply chain issue too, when it comes to parts and reconditioning. So that slows it down sometimes. But our goal and most dealers' goals are 72 hours to get a, on an average, to get a car through. So 2021 with 15,000 miles, it won't need anything. It's going to go through the shop, gets inspected, oil change, filter change, new wiper blades, and uh, we send it on, maybe an alignment if it needs it, and we send it on its way. All right, so I was rude earlier, and I cut you off, Andy, but I really want to know what you had I to say. I was just observing the trickle down because it affects so many people, the Shanghai lockdowns and the, the parts uh, shortage, toughness to get them. I mean, it affects everybody from from you guys all the way down to us, mm -hmm. each individual employee, because all the advertising money does, you know, that you yes. spend, it affects a ton of people. Well, we were just talking about me checking up on that. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Yeah. When I don't have any new cars to sell, why would I go spend money in advertising? You know, the question is, do I want to continue to invest money in branding my business? Or will the general public know that I was dark for a month or two weeks or three weeks? And generally, if you've been in the advertising world, you've been doing something for a year, which I have been. Um, and you go dark for a little while, nobody's going to really notice. You know, you pick back up, and then they kind of hit some back in the forehead again. But um, the bottom line is I have decisions to make based upon that, which are economy-affecting. If I don't spend the money with you guys, then that, that part of your wheel doesn't go around. And if I do spend the money and I don't get a return on it, then I lose money. So it's those are things you have to think about. Well, and, and I sent you a piece about that. It was talking about how big the auto industry is uh, here in, in, in South Carolina. I mean, it is absolutely it's enormous. Huge. And, yeah. you know, I know that uh, we talk about the fort and we talk about uh, the, the university here in Columbia. But, I mean, the auto industry has got to be right up there in the in the top two as far as it can affect uh, people as far as their employment. And just Do you know what life. else is huge in South Carolina is the boat business. Really? I know that. Somerville. Yeah. You go down Somerville, there's Scout, there's Sportsman, there's Key West. Is that where Bentley is too? The Bentley's Bentley right here. It's in uh, Columbia. It's right off of, 20, off of 20. And they're actually adding on to their plant. They're building a huge plant next to it uh, to keep up with their demand. But there's a lot of boat manufacturers in South Carolina. And, you know, when BMW moved in and then Michelin's headquarters is here, and then we got the Michelin plant over here in Lexington. And but you've got so many suppliers that are up there. So that whole Spartanburg, Greenville, Greer area has just exploded. Can, can I read you a, a quote from the Department of Commerce? You can may. you read? No, you, you may. Know, <laughs> easy there, Mississippi. Uh, the 2021 International Trade Report released in February reported that the state has 36.6% of the country's market share of exported tires and 19.4% of the, its market share of exported passenger vehicles. Well, so essentially 20% of passenger vehicles, a part of that's in our state. Well, Volvo's in Somerville. Yeah. So, and I anticipate that will become another kind of hub like um, the Spartanburg area as well. I, I think there'll be, there's a big industrial park where it is, and there'll be lots of things that start surrounding it because Volvo's starting to get a little bit more traction that they had. Do you think that's because we're a right to work state? Yeah, I think that and labor's cheaper here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, same reason why Mazda and Toyota and, and Kia have plants down in Alabama. 
and I think Georgia and, and around down there, there, you know, it's a lower cost of living here. I mean, mm -hmm. if the average home is 800 grand in Sacramento, which I think I'm about right, and the average home here is probably somewhere in the 250 to 300 range now, 250, maybe 300. I don't know. It's, it's come up. There's a big significant difference in what it takes to make your house payment. So whether or not you could work in a plant out there versus here, I mean, there's, there's a huge difference in what you can, they can live the same or a very good life on a lot less money in this particular area. I just, just reading that article and you know what, I may post that in the, uh, in the show description there uh, when, uh, when you catch this on YouTube or on the podcast feed, however you get it. But uh, this is from charlestonbusiness.com and they, they break down how big the auto industry is here. And it, it's, it amazed me because I mean, just, the idea of essentially one in five passenger vehicles has some sort of South Carolina stamp on them. That well, is they, I read crazy. that there was 72,000 jobs uh, revolving yeah. around that. And yeah. I'm not sure that even takes into consideration car dealers. I think that's yeah. just manufacturing. I don't think that's the, yeah, that's just the manufacturing portion of it. That's not, you know, the guys that, I mean, and, and the, let's just use your business as an example. I mean, I'm not sure how many folks you employ there, but I mean, you've got, your sales reps, your accounting, your your folks that work in your service department. So we're at 31 right now. Yeah. Um, and we will be growing because <laughs> going to that new building and then having two facilities, I'll need to add staff and our volume will go up as well. And then because we are moving into a brand new service department that's a lot bigger, um, we can actually accommodate that. I've got more work right now than I know what to do with. And it's not, it, and it's amazing the evolution of our service department. You know, when I started, um, we are we have tripled uh, the amount of business that we're putting through our service department every month from when I started in this, I guess it's been 15 months ago. And, you know, I made the comment today, where are they coming from? You know, Mazda doesn't make a car that breaks down all the time. You know, we are providing much better service. I'm not knocking the previous guy that owned the dealership, but I think we're providing uh, much better service for our customers than they did. And that may be the disconnect of them wanting to sell it. I don't know. And I'm not I'm not putting them down, but we have much better customer satisfaction and we're much more efficient in what we're doing and getting cars in and out of there. So there's a couple pieces to it. We're doing higher volumes. So there's more used cars that run through and yada, yada. But um, when we move into our new facility, I'm sure that in alone will drive more people through the door. Uh, well, you know, I, I have my car service with your folks and it was interesting because they took pictures of the stuff that was wrong with my car and texted to me. This is what's did wrong you get with your the car. Video or did you get the picture? I got I got video and pictures right. with you know this is the things that are wrong with your car and it wasn't a pressurized environment. It was, do you want us to fix this today or not? This is what it will cost. And I was like, man, how is that? Because generally, you know, you get somebody that tries to well, you have to do this or your car's going to die. But I mean, it just gave me a different perspective on my car. So maybe that's part of the reason that uh, you got more folks coming in because. Your folks that are there are doing it the correct way. So it's interesting. We'll, we'll go back and talk about that now that I've got about two <laughs> months or maybe three months, maybe three, two months right. under my belt with the video thing and the pictures. And it has done uh, two things. Our customer satisfaction has certainly improved. We have a whole lot less friction. And we talked about it, I don't know, 10 podcasts ago, talking about this whole thing of what we're doing. 
and it has increased the customer's trust level because they can see it with their own eyes. Yeah. You know, when the card disappears in that mystery box back there and you say, oh, you need to have this or need to have that, you're not answering that. Take anymore. your pills, Andy. In a meeting, I'll call you back. Take your pills, Andy. <laughs> Anyhow. That's um, another sound. <laughs> anyway, the, the, the point is, is that our and I'm not embarrassed to say it, our profits have improved. And they're improved because people are making decisions based upon what they see, not just taking our word for it. So when they see a cabin air filter that's being pulled out of their, a, their car, and it's, <laughs> you know, especially with all this pollen and stuff, yeah. it's disgusting. They don't believe that it was your their cabin air filter when they don't see it coming out with a video. Right. Well, and that's what they did with mine. They, they pulled out the cabin air filter and was like, okay, this is your cabin air filter. You should change it. And then it was the actual uh, air filter for the engine. You should change it. They pull it out. The, and I'm like, uh-oh, maybe I should do that. And it was just having the picture there and, you know, looking at it. Okay, well, that needs to be done. That's a lot better than sitting in the in the waiting area. And all of a sudden, the guy comes in with a sheet of paper and says, your cabin air filter needs to be replaced. That'll be $42. And your, and your engine there, they don't show it to you. Well, just, a good service advisor will. Yeah. Because they're not stupid. They're going to show you because they have to. The problem is you didn't see it come out of your car. Correct. Well, I got my cabin air filter changed, and my air conditioner started working better. It was more efficient, and it started working better. Well, you know why? It's like when you're at home and you change your filter in your AC unit. uh, You have to do that? You have to do it at home, too? Yes, cheapy. (laughs) <laughs> they make those really inexpensive paper ones though you can put in there if that gives you any comfort yeah anyway but it was just it was a great experience and i'm, I'm not you know obviously i'm here with, with you now but and and i'm not i mean if it were bad i'd tell you i know you well enough to know that if you got bad service from anybody right, you would you. say it in front of their face well i would so. hope to know because i don't we don't want to provide that i listen my dad always told me stand and face the music if you've got a problem you know, it's the one I don't know about is the one I can't fix. Right. I, I don't I would prefer that somebody would pick up the phone and call me and tell me other than filleting me on Facebook <laughs> or, or Google review. Man. You know, you're the worst people in the world. Well, we're the worst people until we know we have a problem and then we'll fix it. We're no longer the yeah. worst people. I mean, we're going to make mistakes. Good grief. Nobody ever goes back after they fillet somebody and then they're, you know, and then let's say that they screwed something up or you guys screwed something up and you go back and you fix it. They don't go back and retract that and say, you know what, oh, oh, I no, went to I'll, them and brother, then all of a sudden. Let me tell you something. If it's something, I'll make them somewhat conditional. If there's something that we maybe didn't do wrong, but they perceive that we did wrong, and then we give them an explanation, and then I give them a break on it, you're darn right. Now, in my, my deal is this. If, if you give me the opportunity to fix it and I don't fix it, go to it. You can go to town on there and tell me how bad we are. But if you never give me the opportunity and you just go on and say how bad we are, yeah, we'll ask if we make it right that you refuse it or uh, remove it. They don't have to, and but most of them do. I mean, it's not uh, the ones that get me are the ones that leave some horrible thing, and we've never had them as a customer. <laughs> They've never been in our system, and we go through and I've got I probably got really? I probably got ten in the last year that we'll go through it. I'm like, well, was it Volkswagen? You know, because they share the same service drive currently, and even check their system, and nope, it's not there, and. Um, and it is funny. Um, there were a lot of, because our dealership was called, um, Midlands Mazda. Well, there's a Midlands Honda and there's a Midlands Toyota. And so whether or not they think that they're filleting the wrong guy or, or getting on there and filleting Midlands, whoever, and they got the wrong one. I don't know. Or they're ghost complainers. Like, <laughs> like the ghost, ghost guns. guns. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Ghost guns. Oh, we don't need to get into that. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get us in trouble. Boo! A new word, a new buzzword. Well, it, you, you got to have a buzzword to create all the crap. In your case, you got to catch a buzz in order to uh, come up with a word. <laughs> Who me? Right. Never had one of those in my life. All right. What Never. a word or a buzz? Buzz. Oh. Or words. Or a buzzword. All right. <laughs> I think we're done. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Make sure that you. It doesn't have the scroll that I can read on the bottom. I Where the scroll go? Put the scroll up there. We'll make it happen. Share, like, set a notification. Is that what I got to do? Yes. Like it, share leave, it. A, leave a comment too. And leave a comment, and please feel free to send money as well. Is there a money link? No, there's no money. There's link. no uh, Patreon here. We sir. need to put one on there. Well, for we, you. we we should. Can, that, <laughs> that's a tip. Patreon's going to pay for the chicken salad of the new dealership. <laughs> I can't wait for the grand opening. We're gonna, we should do the podcast there for a grand opening of Mazda of Columbia when it does that finally open. Oh, won't that be grand? Yeah. I'm thinking there's going to be a, some kind of a food buffet. That's why I suggested that. Oh, yeah. Chunky Boy's got to eat. <laughs> Come on now. That's it. Thanks for joining us. Share it, like it, and set a reminder. And, of course, leave a tip. It's what's good under the hood. Greg Hood of Mazda of Columbia, Rob Sanders from Fox Sports Radio with me. Thanks for watching. 